Okay, good morning, good Erev Shabbos, Parshas Noach, 5783. Some PR announcements. I want to uh, welcome those live, and of course those that are listening uh, recorded. Our series sponsor again for the fifth year, Alana Mark Rothenberg, Rachel Feiner, memory of Alana and Rachel's father, Azriel Benyako Feiner. I was going to go on to teach something else, but uh, the sponsors and many others want us to continue a boot camp, so Baruch Hashem. We have additional sponsors this week. I want to offer a Fosh Lema. The learning should be a Fosh Lema for a great Levi, Moshe Halevi, Ben Chayamalka. We also have uh, sponsors, Lili Nishmas, the Graubards in memory of Yitzchak Ben Yosef Yehuda, the Hollers in memory of Naftali Pinchas Ben Yosef Rezel, Suzanne Mankowitz in memory of Fega Besser Chaim, for Chama, Daniel, and Daniela Pomerantz, Lili Nishmas, Leah Bas, Herschel. Learning should be a source of inspiration for all. What I try to do in this uh, class, more or less, is we break down the shear into three parts. I focus on a uh, classic commentary. Usually it's a classic commentary that's going to be found in the Gros Gedolos, whether it's a Rishon or an Acheron. That would be a whole separate shear in itself, which rabbis made it into the Gros Gedolos. And there's not just one Gros Gedolos, but these are uh, very well-known commentaries. We try to offer something from a contemporary commentary. Anyone in the last hundred years, if I want to say the last hundred and fifty years or whatever it is, you know, so, and it could be somebody uh, living today. And then we uh, try to add a, from a Hasidic master. So I'm going to start today with a Hasidic master to build the theme. I've said many times, Parshas Noach, that I feel bad for Noach because many rabbis uh, they they take an opportunity this Shabbos to trash the guy. You know, all the things that Noach did wrong compared to Avram Avinu. And it seems a little bit unbalanced. Noach, I mean, he ends up being saved and we end up uh, criticizing him. Isn't that a problem? So I think in general, it's a little bit slanted. You'll find uh, most Rishon and most Achronim actually find what's right with Noach. And especially when you look at Hasidic literature, which shouldn't be surprising, Noach is presented as a much uh, softer type of person. You may imagine him maybe like from the movies, you know, talking to God with a nice white beard who tries really hard. And the fault's not always in the speaker or in the rabbi. Sometimes it's the audience and it's the seaboard that's not so receptive. So I want to begin with something from an uh, interesting collection of Hasidic uh, teachings that I actually receive in my email box every Sunday. How I got to there is a, a long discussion, not for now. It's called Derech Emunah. There are a lot of Hasidim from uh, Hungary, Seagate, you know, Romania. The borders uh, change a lot, and depending on the, what you want to admit to, whether your family's Romanian or Hungarian, you'll say sometimes you know, where exactly they're coming from. So there's a very famous uh, family known as the Rosenbaum family. The Rosenbaum family are uh, strong Hasidus. It's not such an easy uh, name to pronounce. This Hasidus, it comes from a much larger Hasidus, uh, the way I pronounce it, and I've heard this from others, is the Kreshnefer. Kreshnefer. When we were sending out the publicity yesterday, there were some questions. How do we pronounce it? This was a place in uh, Hungary slash Romania, Kreshnef. And uh, the first Rebbe who passed away in 1908 was Remeyer. He had a son who uh, tragically died in Auschwitz. His grandson survived in Auschwitz. He was with his father, but his father was taken to the gas chambers, and he was able to survive. And eventually, with an assist from the Chazonish, he built up Hasidus in Bnei Brak. His name 
was uh, Rebbe Eliezer Zev Rosenbaum. And then today there's a uh, other Hasidus, there's Rebbe David Moshe. So we're going to hear today from Rebbe David Moshe, but I just associate this with the Rosenbaum Hasidus, a very beautiful idea. And it's just Parshas Noach, you talk about the rebuilding of a world. I thought it was appropriate to start with this Hasidus. It's very strong in uh, Berchovo today. B'nai Brock, there's even a, a Rebbe in Brooklyn as well. You hear a lot of Rosenbaums. Many of them are going to be connected to this family. So he makes a very simple point. That's what's so beautiful. Ela told us, Noach, Noach ish tzaddik. We know that Noach was a tzaddik. But what was the purpose of the Pasuk adding the term ish? Like, what does that add? If I would have read the Pasuk, Ela told us, Noach, Noach, tzaddik tamim hayyab I don't think anybody would ask a question. Why didn't we say ish? What does it mean that he's a man? So he says that you often imagine Noach, like you imagine other tzaddikim, that they are, as the Pasuk describes, they're tzaddikim and they're tamimim, but they're totally removed from society. We often think of Noach, he was up in the Teva, totally disconnected from the masses. And uh, the Rebbe says that's not true. First of all, it's not pshat-oriented. And he says Noach wouldn't have been a tzaddik, because part of really being a tzaddik is a person who engages with people. The Noach on the street was a very popular man. You find this in the earlier writings. We're going to quote from the Sephorno and from others. And he says it goes both ways. He was an ish. He was a regular person in the sense, this is my translation, that he did know exactly what was going on. He wasn't naive, and he was aware of all that the world had to offer. And he tried to engage in it. But at the same time, he chose to remain at tzaddik because he could re- become an ish, and then the tzaddik falls away. You become so integrated into society, you assimilate into society. And he was alone in not being tempted by the depravity of the generation. Now, you may ask the question, which is an obvious question, well, if he was such a tzaddik and he was such a, uh, a chevraman, which is really what Hasidus you know, started out to be, so then why didn't he have any influence on people? Now, that's a separate question, and I always like to take the approach, why blame him? There are a lot of great people who don't influence people, sometimes even in their own home, definitely on a communal level, but the point over here is when you're presenting Noach, Ish Sadik, and one of the things I want to keep in mind, because the general theme beyond the technical details that I'm establishing today, is you want to try to understand what's the difference between Noach and Avraham. Very often that presentation is made in order to put down Noach. But what I like to suggest, and you'll see, is that if Noach had any character traits that stand out, there's a good chance that you're going to find them in Avraham. This will be an aspect of Avraham also, that Avraham was very much integrated with people. He was very much connected to people. He had an open tent. But sometimes, and this leads us, we're going to go to the Sephorno now, without the long introductions I would like to give. But the Sephorno, who is really one of the incredible, uh, you know, he's borderline Rishon and Achron, if you want to get technical. He was born in 1480, passed away in 1550. He was living in what we would call today Italy. Again, it's a little bit more, more complex. You know, Italy today is not Italy then, which parts. But he was dealing with a lot of refugees from Spain. You know, the Jews who were able to get out of Spain, he was dealing, if not directly with them, many of their children. And he basically played two roles, besides all his official roles. You know, he even wrote uh, for the king, Henry. He dedicated one of his books to him. He was an astronomer. He was a doctor, medical doctor. Probably different. I don't know if he would have made it into Einstein, but uh, different medicine. But he was very well known and accepted in the world. But he also warned the Jews. He said, you have to live in Italy. You have to be people. But you better watch out. 
Just like it happened in Spain, it could happen here very fast. So one of the reasons why his commentary is so popular is it seems so relevant. There's a rabbi uh, who passed away several years ago from the White Shul in Long Island, in uh, Far Rockaway. They like to call it something West Lawrence, but it's Far Rockaway, the bottom line. Rabbi Pelkowitz. Rabbi Pelkowitz wrote a brilliant commentary on the Sephorno. Rav Cooperman from Mechlala. I taught the Sephorno many years ago before Rav Cooperman's book came out, or before I had it, so I feel like teaching the Sephorno again, which I'm not on Shabbos morning, but I'm going to mention some more Sephornos this year. So he points out something very interesting. He's also very positive about Noah. But what he presents, at least in Baum's interpretation, is you have to look at Noah and Avraham together. Avraham was able to look back. You know, he had the advantage. It wasn't the beginning of the uh, league. He was able to look back at some of the mistakes, maybe, that Noah made, and he upgraded. But he's Noah plus. It's not like there's a Noah on one side and there's an Avraham on the other side. And this is what the Sephorno says, basically. I'm going to do it outside, but this is all based on inside. He writes in a very subtle, nuanced way, which makes his commentary such a pleasure. He says that Noach did everything right. He behaved, he was ethical, he mixed with the people, he even tried to correct the people. You know, he gave tochacha to the people. And the people actually liked him. You know, he did it in a very respectful way. They didn't change. And he says there was a reason that they didn't change. There was something that Noach didn't appreciate. Noach didn't appreciate, and you can't expect him. He didn't have a Rebbe. He, Noach didn't talk enough about God. And that's how the Sephorno establishes it, how he proves it from Midrashim or from the Pshat. You know, it's, it's, we're sometimes shy as Jews to talk about God. Christians sometimes seem to be more comfortable talking about God than we talk about God. And he didn't speak about, not just about Hashem, he didn't speak about the Midos of Hashem. The Midos of Hashem is that one of the reasons you're supposed to act with Rachamim is because Mahu Racham Afatar Racham. You know, very Rambam-oriented. Rambam says this is one of the, the, the mitzvahs and say for our mitzvahs. So what the Sephorno says, he doesn't really take, take Noach to task, but he says what Noach was lacking, and obviously what Avram included, Avram looked back and he said, what did Noach not accomplish? And Noach didn't accomplish spreading the word of God. He was such a wonderful person. Everybody could come over for Kiddush, but he didn't make them make brachas. Sometimes we're intimidated. You know, you want to bring people in, but you don't want to push them too much. And Noach, he gave tochacha. He told people this isn't the right thing. They didn't want to accept it. Maybe he could have been speaking more about God. And the beautiful message, because we want to take this home, is we shouldn't be embarrassed to talk about God, to have God speak, that the kids should hear, Baruch Hashem, they should know about ideas of bitachon and amuna. We have to be familiar, familiar with them ourselves. Now this leads me, because I only have two minutes left. You guys who are listening online, I could talk to you all day, but uh, we have another diving taking place. They just published, I always like to show you with new books, Art Scroll just published a very fine book of the Divrei Torah of Reb Nassim Svi Finkel. Reb Nassim Svi Finkel, I think there's a Hebrew edition also, which I have to find. Reb Nassim Svi Finkel, we're not talking about the Alt of Slobodka, who was the great-grandfather of Reb Nassim Svi Finkel. This Reb Nassim Svi Finkel was known as Nady. Why? Because he grew up in, a city, in, the, in the second city of Chicago. He went to Ida Crown High School. I could show you his report card, by the way, because I'm friends with the principal of Ida Crown High School. And he never denied his past. How he got into the Mir Yeshiva, where most of his family was, was very interesting, natural, but he always welcomed Americans. He loved Americans, you know, NCSY Colo and other groups would always take to, to meet him. 
And he, he, was, a, he was an American who became a Goddell in Eretz Yisrael. He unfortunately had many physical challenges and he had Parkinson's, but it didn't stop him from giving shear. But unfortunately he died at a young age. And I just read a biography of him that his mother wrote, just to talk about Nady growing up, who ended up becomes Nussin Svi Finkel. It's worth talking about. So I want to just say one thing. He points out, similar to the Sephorno, Noach was obviously a great person. Just like we said in the first source, he was an ish. But the Zohar says that Noach didn't daven for his generation. Now, how would have he known to daven? Avraham, I like to say, looked back and he saw that Noach didn't daven. Avraham daven for Sodom. It wasn't necessarily part of, Noach didn't go to a yeshiva where they say, let's go say a mishaberach for someone. But he failed to appreciate. Now, some say in the, in the teva he actually did daven, but before he got into the teva, he didn't necessarily have a natural inclination to daven. And if he would have davened, that could have made a change. And but Renaissance Street Finkel says that even if it wouldn't have made a change, it would have made a change on Noah himself because it would have been a reflection of tsar. If you know that you need to reach out to Hashem, then maybe that's a certain level of tefillah. Now, the way Reb Nassim Finkel applied it to all of us, let's say within the Jewish community, we should be davening for people, but not just davening for people that they should get better physically, but that they should upgrade spiritually. And it's not considered to be a challenge to people's freedom of choice because he quotes the famous Chazon Ish, we're all really one. Whether we like the same teams, the same people, we have the same midos or not, we're really one. When I daven for you, I'm davening for myself. Everybody should have a great week, and Noah should inspire us with what he did and what was lacking.